And howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom, <laughs> where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, that's right. And this week, we're talking about sumo art. That's right. We're talking about artists of the past and artists we recently lost and really recent sumo art. So put your seatbelts on. It's about to get real exciting. <laughs> yeah, put your art seatbelts on, y'all. But first, newsflash. Hey, I just want to say thank you. We had a really generous donor um, who gave to our coffee account. And by the way, we say coffee, but it really is spelled Ko-Fi. That's right. <laughs> it's weird. But anyway, thank you. Um, it's much appreciated. And once again, if you feel like donating and helping us out, they do help cover the costs of our platform and uh, a lot of the other things that we put into the podcast. So thank you to our donors. And um, if you feel like it, you can always donate. You can find it. It's at the top of our website. It says shop or support. It's like a nice supportive bra. Yeah, it's like an underwire. Yeah, an underwire. Over the shoulder boulder holder right. that keeps us going That's and right. helps us buy supportive material. And preserve what we have. That's right. Keep it up high <laughs> so that we're not sagging down low. Are we the only people that have compared donating to help us keep going to bras? Well, maybe perhaps, but that's us. Maybe it's like, what are the ones? Oh, maybe it's like a push-up bra. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I couldn't even think of the name of it because I haven't worn one <laughs> in the last year in quarantine. <laughs> I don't know. And the last time I ever wore a bra is funny. Just kidding. But uh, let's jump into some other news. If you have noticed, Sumo Kyukai has a new game in which you can play. It's Sakura themed, which is cherry blossom themed. It's a screenshot game where you kind of throw a cartoon Sakura mochi, which is uh, like a, a confectionery Japanese dessert. And it's popular in the spring and around Hanami viewing time. And it's this little pink, beautiful little mochi. And you throw it. It's like a cartoon mochi and you throw it at a moving meisei back and forth mm -hmm. and you try to click on it so that meisei catches it okay. in his hands. And if you win, it you get it, it explodes on you and it's fun. But it was fun because the first time I did it, first couple of times I did it, I won it and I was like, oh, this is easy. But then I kept playing and it got harder and harder and then I couldn't win. And then I got really down on myself and I kept trying to play it so I could win again. Where is this? It's on their It's on their Twitter the Sumo Kyokai. Oh, it's a Twitter thing. That's yeah, it's why. a game. <laughs> like, it's what? a game, yeah. It's fun. You might enjoy that. Another thing I could not keep track of is that all of the stables seem to be moving to, to different locations. Yeah. So they all seem to be like, one will, who is further out of town is moving to another one, and then one of them gets an upgrade. But there's like five or six of them right now who are all swapping, and I just couldn't keep track. But I yeah, don't know why that's... do you think so? I mean, is there a certain time of year that they all move? I mean, is this the time of year when it's done? No, no. I think it's just like a result of somebody's somebody's retiring. Somebody else takes over. Um, one's kind of dying. I think it happens quite frequently. It's just right now there seems to be a lot of movement. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that is all I have from the news front.
All right, let's take a deep dive into sumo art. Cool. Now, this was news of last week, but a very beloved cartoonist, artist, Koto Tsurugi, passed away. He died recently in March 26th. You may know him from his extremely popular manga art that was also sumo-specific. He was a sumo wrestler himself back in the days and spent many years in the lower ranks, uniquely seeing sumo from the inside like no other artist could. He spent 10 years between 1976 and 86 competing and bouncing between Jonidan and Sandame with a career best of Sandame 46. He never really won any bashos and apparently he was actually picked on a lot at the Sadagotake stable. But this experience had a profound effect on him as he would often retreat into his world of art and sketching and manga during the during his downtime. In fact, he would sort of use art as therapy as his drawings would often depict the wrestlers that picked on him in scenes where they were getting injured. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. like, you're mean to me. I'm going to draw you with like a bum arm. Okay. But I think it's an interesting way to get revenge. But you do what you have to do. Yeah. You know? And in those days, he probably didn't have much free time, obviously, with chores. He made a lot of chonkonabe preparation, cooking, but he did have this gift of drawing and his stable master saw him. He saw him and he recognized talent. And this would be in his free time. He would always escape away and would be doodling or doing artwork. Others recognized it too. Well, he went on after all those years in sumo to actually retire 10 years later and went into the Chonko Nabe business. He did that for maybe about four years and his wife encouraged him though. After a while, she was like, I'm making up her words, but in a gist, but I imagine this is what she said. She was like, honey, what's your dream? Go follow your dream. Okay. And so he did. He decided to dedicate more of his time and energy to manga and sumo wrestler manga from 1990 onwards. He always kind of had food in his life too, which is like this wonderful combination of sumo and food and chankonaba, but it all makes sense. He started with a number of very popular sumo wrestler manga series. He would be part of like a series of sumo wrestler manga. Which we're going to get to. Right. And I apologize because manga is like completely new to me. I really don't know much about it. So Lari is going to discuss a lot of that. But he got noticed through all this by the JSA, who then eventually invited him to be their official manga artist. He had worked so hard, and now he was finally living his dream to create art of the wrestlers that appears now on all sorts of merchandise and now for so many fans to see. He had a wonderful, I don't know if you saw it, but he, he just had a wonderfully bubbly, soft and happy style to his art, mm -hmm. which he kind of looked like that to me. It's joyful. It's playful when I look at it. And it was just rounded in kind of kawaii, which is cute, in my opinion. I don't know. He left us all too early at the age of 60, but he left his art with sumo fans forever. And for that, we are thankful. And right now, if you want to, you can actually buy some of the merchandise at the store, the the um, the GSA store. Yeah. Yeah, and you can search with a filter of his artwork on some of the merchandise. So I think it, that it's really cool that the JSA said, oh, you are an ex-wrestler and you're an artist. Yeah, we'd love to sell your stuff. Yeah. You know the inside and outside of this world. You know the people. So yeah, mm -hmm. let's partner together. Yeah, and the wrestlers really loved him too. I mean, he did Hakaho's first children's book. He did the artwork for that. Hakaho has a children's book? Yeah, I mean, that's what I saw. That's what I read in my sources. How? What is it about? I don't know. 
I don't know. Vegetables? I don't know. Perhaps. Oh my gosh. We need to find that Hakaho children's book. Yes, we do. So he will be very, very missed by so many people. In his talents, in his artwork, will live on forever. But sumo wrestlers as subjects of artists is nothing new. Dating back to the origins of sumo, there were paintings on cave walls depicting sumo. So you could say that sumo art has been around for a really, really long time, did since you the say, very beginning. Did you say on cave walls? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I know it's like, not like cave people. Like in no. France, like no. the no. Lascaux caves, is that no. what they call those? Like there's the bison <laughs> and there's the sumo wrestler and the spear. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> This is completely accurate reporting. Yes. <laughs> There's petroglyphs everywhere of sumo wrestlers. I knew those looked familiar. I've seen them in the Southwest. Yes. Now I know. Now you know. Sumo, sumo wrestlers. Sumo was wildly popular. Like, <laughs> remember the petroglyphs? <laughs> what era the petroglyphs around in Utah in that area? I don't know. 5,000 years? 10,000? I don't know. Dinosaurs? Anyway, there were sumo wrestlers in the era of dinosaurs. That's all you need to know. Yep, and that's, that's 100% it. accurate. <laughs> but back in the Edo period where everything happened yes artists would produce ukiyo-e prints woodblock prints depicting sumo matches and you see okay we've talked about this many times but the Edo period brought a certain enlightenment to Japan art flourished and everything was expanding rapidly ukiyo-e woodblock prints were a part of that artistic expansion rich people were decorating their walls of beautiful landscapes of historical moments in history that artists were producing famous kabuki actors and sumo wrestlers also beautiful women and erotica can i ask a clarifying question yes before you get into the erotica i don't have much to say about erotica other than they made it (laughs) (laughs) okay remind me when the edo period was again oh 1600 to it's like 1603 and then Yukioe prints actually went to the Meiji period, which is right up to like nineteen the nineteen hundreds. Okay. So Yukioe is not Yukioe is not one person. No, that's the style. That's the so woodblock prints. So it's called that. Why? Why is it called it Yukioe? Mean, well, I'll tell you what it means. Okay. So Yukioe means floating world. So these were imaginative and beautiful artworks that perhaps celebrated the pleasure of the world and the body, which was a new thing in the Edo period. Think of it like this way. Prior to the Edo period, everything was kind of locked up and serious. Okay. And it's kind of like a renaissance of Japanese culture. It just blossomed and boomed. And rich people made a lot of money, but also people at the bottom who were peasants, they started to make money too. And so they were flourishing. So that was just like a big, huge economic expansion of the time. And, and very much about pleasure. Very much about pleasure. And it is, it's kind of that moment where like you, you do see a lot of erotica. You, it's like people allowed themselves to just go a little bit, like get, get more real. But also pleasure nature too because yes. I've seen lots of nature yes. prints like this so so it's called yukioi like looking back on the past it's almost like if you were to say this portion of art history is the renaissance or this portion of art history is modernism it's a chunk of art that was all made within like 200 years in a, in a similar way in a similar I, I guess so prior to that there had been traditional Japanese painting but this is when it was consumed by the masses. And ukiyo-e being woodblock prints, you would make a woodblock and then you'd have different colorists or different painters. Sometimes it was done by many artists. Sometimes it was one artist who did it from start to finish. 
this was when art was being mass produced and everybody could possess it. In the past, only shoguns and right. everybody who was at a samurai, who was upper level of society could have it. But this is why Yukioe prints came into existence and also flourished. And then we saw a boom of the type of art that was being that was okay. being produced. So someone someone would sit down and chisel this into a piece of wood. Yeah. Yep. And then someone would come along and do a paper print in different with different color inks. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well okay. I've the documentaries I've watched is like you have you have different layers and you do all the green and then you do a slightly different green and then you go back yeah. through and different wood block, you know prints to create one big beautiful image got it so like i said some artists did it all themselves and then some artists did the actual drawing or in somebody else would etch it and then somebody else would color it got it okay but since sumo matches were very very popular at the time publishers in those days were like hey these are beautiful landscapes and everything but like <laughs> sumo wrestlers um, can you please make some art that like really sells because like trust me there's some yeah. people who want this so give me some of those sweet beefy beefy you know, sumo wrestlers. Yeah. Because look, I've got horny housewives. I've got teenage girls. They want an image they, of this boy. Exactly. I'm kind of making that part up. But no, I, you're not. <laughs> That's what I would have done in that time period. So like many, the trees are great. The trees are beautiful. The this swans is lovely. are pretty. But, like, but give me beefy wrestlers. Yeah. So many of the artists, very talented artists, just transitioned into Yukioe woodblock prints. And this is 1600s, 1700s is really when it was thriving. And of course, and it still did for 300 or more years. They churned out so many sumo wrestling scenes, depictions of famous matches, popular wrestlers of the day. 300 years, really. And there's this beautiful abundance of these woodblock prints of sumo wrestlers because that's what the people wanted to buy. So people are just as crazy fans back then as they are now. Well, if you go to a great match and there's no cameras there to capture it, you're like, how can I remember this amazing match between this guy and that guy? <gasps> I'll get a woodblock print. Exactly. And I'll hang it on my wall and I... forever remember just how amazing this <laughs> takedown was of so-and-so. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm going to bring that up in a second. Okay. But there was um, there were actually so many artists that there are works in circulation today that aren't signed. They just are anonymous. Yeah. You know who the wrestler is, but you don't know who made it. Yeah. So there were also, though, some really big-time artists of sumo wrestlers at the time one that always signed his work um we know who he is his name was katasukawa shunso and he was born in 1726 he trained as a traditional japanese painter and like everybody else transitioned to ukiyo-e woodblock prints he founded his own printmaking school that would revolutionize this art because up to this point get this Everything that they were drawing of the kabuki actors and the sumo wrestlers was a caricature. Mm -hmm. And he was the first artist to go, that's what um, Raiden looks like. I'm going to draw his likeness. Mm -hmm. And so now people were like, oh, I want that because that's what the guy actually looks yeah. like. And up to that point, they had just kind of been doing generic sumo wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So in some of these paintings, you or so in some of these woodblock prints, you you see a closeness or likeness to the actual wrestler, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And for me, what you said earlier, I like to think of this as the beginning of of a time period that lasts till today that had young girls putting 
like posters on a wall. Yeah. Like I had Patrick Swayze. You had Wham. You had Wham. And and Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones. I think mine was just hardcore Patrick Swayze. And it was weird because he was shirtless and overalls, which you wouldn't think was sexy, but no, he was working like a farm farm kid vibe. Anyway, I bought it. I liked it. Harrison Ford in a tox. Was yes, sexy. Yes, very sexy. Yes. So I like to think this artist because I think that he may have been one of the first people who was like, let's give them a likeness so Ew. that they can put this on their bedroom walls. Now, I don't know if people back then had bedroom walls. They may have all slept in one big room together. I don't know. You may not have been by yourself maybe in they, those days. Maybe they kept it in their wallet. <laughs> maybe. Because I'm sure they had wallets. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they had like our modern day wallets, but... <laughs> they had something. Maybe they tucked it into their underwire yeah, bra. Right. <laughs> right. It was close to their heart or yes. their bosom. Yes. Anyway, but they were the we real. obviously know nothing about this time period. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> we're getting there. This episode, compared to one of our early episodes where I talked about UKOA Prince, I couldn't even pronounce it. So, you know. We, we are get, getting better. We get better. We get better. But I want to thank him because he put like wrestlers like Kashiwara Sogoro or Nakakmura Nakozo on the on girls or horny housewives walls. Like he's the one that gave them their imagery of what their favorite wrestlers look like. So they can remember it forever. And I do think that um, Kototsurugi, he, he made that too and did that for us as well with his imagery. And even though we just lost him like last week, like his imagery will last hopefully forever. Like some mm-hmm. of these guys. Mm-hmm. Now I could also give you a whole list of very popular Yukioe artists who did sumo wrestler, most of them have the same damn name because like stable masters, oh, they often will they'll, inherit. they'll inherit the last name. They'll be like the first, the second, or sometimes if they took their their master's place, they would just then become the master. The master's name. Yeah. So some of these very famous artists have different works all signed like with three different names, depending on what period they were. Can you but, imagine if we were like <laughs> Walt Disney, Walt Disney the second. I'm the third. I'm the fourth Walt Disney. Well, we talked about this when we were like yep. way back when we were like, so you would become Cheryl of Cheryl School of Dance. Yes, if you were her top dancer, Walt of Walt Disney. Right. Yeah, you would become the new Walt Disney. Yes. Well, there was a really famous Yukioi artist, and you know his work because he has done the 36 um, views of Mount Fuji, which is, there's mm-hmm. the one called the Great Wave, and it's a big blue wave. I do not know how you've gotten through your life not seeing this beautiful... Oh, everybody's seen everybody's that, Everybody's seen that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, um, he, he did a lot of... Sensual stuff. Did he? Yes. Yeah. Now, that's obviously not on the Met Online oh. uh, the exhibition, but you can go on like the Met Online and like look at all of these because they're not on display, but they are within their system. And you can pull up a lot of his artwork, including the Great Wave. You can also see his work under the wave of Kanagawa, and that's one of the 36 views of Mount Fuji. But it is so tied to Japan. It's all over the media. It's everywhere. But he also did sumo wrestlers, and he has one of, um, you can see in the Met Online of, I'm going to bastardize this, I'm going to try my best, Wadagahara Jinshiro and... Kachozan Gorokichi, and it's two wrestlers locked chest to chest. And it's neat to see that, like, he did 
sumo, he did sumo Yukioe early in his career. He took 10 years off, got incredibly better, and he did landscape, some of the other things that are popular. And then he came back to sumo. And you can tell in how refined his lines are a second time through 10 years later. You can just tell as an artist the growth. So I don't know. I, I think it was really, really fun for me to go and visually see this, but it is overwhelming. There is so much out there, especially of sumo wrestlers. Did you mention this artist's name? Yeah. Could you mention again for me? Because I'm oh, the idiot. No, I did. I don't okay. think I did. Katsushika Hokusai. There we go. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm a big old idiot, but yeah. Katsushika Hokusai. And um, you can actually go and find, I don't know if you can find his readily available, but these are still in circulation and auctions and they're mm -hmm. somewhat affordable. Mm -hmm. They're not impossible to find. So um, that's some of my, that's some of my reporting on, uh, on this, but the list goes on and um, there's just a wealth of incredible art that was produced, inspired by sumo wrestlers. Yeah. I love that. I do too. Okay, this last week, I went down the rabbit hole of sumo art, but I went down the rabbit hole of sumo manga. Now, if you are old like me, let <laughs> me explain. So old. She's so old. She's just decrepit. <laughs> let me explain what manga is, because not everybody knows what it is, okay? This is, true. This is good. A good definition yeah. is good. We're all on the same level. Exactly. Now we all have the same information. <laughs> exactly. So manga is basically just a comic. In America, we know them, manga, as being a comic or a graphic novel originating from Japan. Seems basic, right? Yeah. Yeah. The history of manga goes back to the Edo period <laughs> and before, actually. I sure would hate to live in Japan, like, prior to the Edo period. Like, what a boring time. Yeah, you got nothing that happens before the Edo period. <laughs> Full of pain and anguish. <laughs> Manga is said to have originated from scrolls dating back to the 12th century. So that is before the Edo period. Okay. Okay. It's believed that the style, like this manga style, comes from the scrolls because, well, I should say it's just the basis for the right to left reading style. So if you read manga today, you have to read right to left. Okay. So it's a little... Like, isn't that the way Japanese is? Well, Japanese is, but... Let's say you get a translation uh -huh. of a manga. Yeah. We're used to reading graphic novels or comic books from the left, left to right. right. So it's written in English, but you have to read it from right to left. Got it. It's still set up that way. So when you pick up your first manga, you'll be like, this is strange <laughs> until you figure out that, oh, yeah. I'm supposed to be reading from that side of the page and down. There's like a, your eyes have to just get used <laughs> Otherwise, to it. Otherwise, like, this translator is really crappy. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So manga has been popular in Japan for a really, really long time. It didn't make its way to the U.S. markets, I would say, until the 70s and the 80s, really. So it's it's a pretty recent change mm -hmm. within my lifetime. Anyway, by the 80s or the 90s, anime came screaming like hellfire into the U.S. Anime just like took off off so kind of kicked manga to the side because people were like what this yeah. animation could like move on tv like this is way Wasn't better that, like gogo racer didn't that all come out 
am I making that I up? I have no idea what Go-Go Racer is. I don't know either, but I did watch a lot of the show. It was called Go-Go Racer. Anyway, I think it was anime. Speed I, Racer? Speed that Racer. <laughs> yeah, but he would say Go-Go Racer, right? I can't remember what he would say. I don't Speed know. Racer is what it was. Yeah. I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Never mind. Well, maybe we should look up Go-Go Racer. <laughs> Go-Go Racer. <laughs> See what Speed Racer used to say. You do that. <laughs> But basically, manga has been around in comic book stores for a long time. And complicating this a little bit more, if manga becomes popular enough, it's usually made into anime. Mm -hmm. So you might like you might be kind of familiar with an anime and not realize that it came from manga. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's just like the art you were talking about earlier. There's not just one style of manga. Manga can be violent. There's horror manga, there's romance manga, explicit manga. Oh, I saw a lot of explicit on Yeah, the it's really... Like, it was so weird because I would watch, I would be going to work and I would see like grown men in like suits and they were on their way to work and they were looking at basically porno manga. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I would just be like, oh, look, a comic book. And then be like, oh, that's some titties in <laughs> oh, there. Oh, that's some adult manga. <laughs> See, now in the U.S., I think. And there was also no, there was no hiding it. They were just like, I'm well, clearly that's... reading uh, erotica here in the subway. Cool. See, in America, I would think a guy would hide that behind a newspaper or something. Maybe that's about us. We go to closets and hide. Like, <laughs> we're going to be, like, horny. But, like, the Japanese are like, yeah, I'm a horny person. I would have a hard time reading adult manga just Confidently. In- in public. Like with family nearby. That would be very weird. Very, very weird. Thank you from the rest of your family for sparing us that. <laughs> so there is sumo manga out there. That's really what this whole thing is about. Okay. Oh, by the way, I found out. Oh. Speed Racer from Wikipedia, also known as Mock Go Go Go. Mock Go Go Go. Yeah. And it was originally serialized in print from a 1966 book. Oh. Yeah. yeah so in anyway, it's totally manga. I was not making it up, but maybe I got the Go Go Speed Racer because like before anything would happen, I remember you'd be like, Go Go Speed Racer, go. That's it. And then it, the translation from Japanese or the part that like made its way over was the mock Go 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 became oh. Go Go Speed Racer, go. Which is See, likely. now that's like one of the first ones I remember as a kid. Yeah, me too. So we actually grew up on manga then. Well, one. we were exposed to it. <laughs> we'll say that. But we loved it. Okay. I went into this really thinking there would just be a handful of sumo manga out there. I was really wrong. There's a handful of really popular sumo manga out there, but there's lots more. <laughs> there's lots more that I'm going to tell you about at the end. Okay. Let's get to. The most famous one first. Okay. Okay. The most famous sumo manga is called Hinomaru Sumo. It was popular from 2014 to 2019. That's when it came out in Japan. Okay. Also made into a 24 episode anime TV adaptation dubbed in English. And this is really bizarre, but almost every manga out there is dubbed at Funimation, which is right down the road from us in North Texas. You need to get hired. I need to get hired. Yeah, all roads lead to Funimation (laughs) in my world. (laughs) So you can go on the Funimation website and watch episodes of this Hinumaru Sumo and get to see what it's like. You can also go online and look at the original manga, the first six episodes and some of the later ones. I'll put the links to where to go to to see all of that on our show notes. But it's really cool. You can read the comic 
comic and see the anime for free that's online. so cool it's a really simple story it's like this young kid it's his first day of high school he's really into sumo but he's really little He's a tiny little guy. It's the Enho story. It is. And there's <laughs> one guy in the sumo club and he's really dopey looking. So there's this young kid who has these big dreams to be a Yokozuna and this dopey kid who's in the sumo club and they become friends and they go to the dojo, but zoinks, Scooby-Doo, there's bullies in the dojo <laughs> ring. Scooby-Doo. So <laughs> they have to fight the bullies to get them out of the ring and then, so it's a story of like how they keep talking people into how cool sumo is and they teach people about all of the traditions of it and why why this one little guy is so good at sumo. That's and cool. Yeah, he's got these big dreams. Plus, it's got a great theme song. Oh, like the well, theme song for that's it? The most like, important. Totally sounds like a Michael Jackson song. <gasps> yeah. Its audience is definitely young men. The, the character is like totally ripped in this amazing <laughs> He-Man type of way and nobody can beat him. So as I read it, I was like, this makes me feel like going to do sumo and like throwing I'll people to the ground. you. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's the most popular one. In the 90s, there was another sumo related manga called Ah, Harimanada. Ah. Harimanada. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so the storyline of this one is uh, the new Yokozuno, Harimanada, enters the ring wearing an eerie mask, surprising everyone. He then declares that he will never lose. And if he does, he will retire on the spot. So this pisses the JSA off immensely and all the wrestlers hate him. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's it's another very sports anime. Like I can see He's wearing young men. a mask like Zoro? I, like I would the... think like, like uh, Mexican wrestlers maybe? Yeah, I'm gonna, it's um, something in the door. I'm going to find out what that's called. Like the luchadore. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, this one became a video game that it seemed like nobody liked very much at all. Lucha Libre. <laughs> Lucha Libre. That's it. Lucha Libre. Luchadore. Is that a dessert? Did I just say dessert? I don't know. Uh, no, it's called... Um, I don't know. We've had this discussion before. We have. <laughs> Yeah, Lucha Libre wrestlers are known as luchadores. Ah, so you were shoot. right. Yay. So there's really four that were pretty popular, and then there's some other that I'm going to mention that weren't that popular. But one of the ones that was popular, I was totally surprised by, it's called Okami-san, or mm -hmm. the manageress. The, yeah, the wife. Yes, it's a manga about a woman who becomes the manager of a stable of sumo wrestlers. It was popular from 90 to 99. I could find very little about the story of this. I really just found the cover of it, which is really odd, because there's a girl <laughs> holding a basket of corn and peppers and tomatoes, like she's about to make a bunch of salsa. Oh. She's got braids and <laughs> kind of wearing a sailor outfit it's really strange <laughs> but, the day at the stable where the okami-san makes salsa yeah that's really what it seems and, like and goes on a boat trip i, don't know. I have no idea what the rest of the story is but 
Yeah, that's that it's one. It's an escape for it sure. Just, it reminded me very much of uh, you know those there's famous Mexican art yeah. of like women holding baskets yeah. of food Bounty and smiling for of... the country mm-hmm. or not not the country the cover smiling yes. for the cover. That's what it reminded me of. Hmm. Okay, okay, and then there's one that ran a really long time from 1973 to 1998 called Notari Matsutaru or Carefree Matsutaru. Um, it's about a lazy kid in middle school who's so lazy that he's still in middle school as an adult and he gets into a fight with a sumo wrestler. Okay. And I think you can tell where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's impressed by the sumo skills that this kid has. They talk him into becoming part of the sumo club. He's got a crush on a teacher because, you know, he's an adult in middle school. And so he's like trying to prove himself. Oh, okay. And so it's like a little (laughs) sports and romance sumo together it's like sumo with a love story oh nice yeah so that one was pretty popular are there any that have like uh, like wrestlers we know not that i have heroes or anything no like the anho story or the no or the shodai sumo love affair they like give him a girlfriend no that would shoot oh that would be awesome what's it called fan fiction maybe we should write our own manga fan fiction based on the wrestlers that we love i we should i would think you would need the permission of the actual wrestler Himself. Well, we won't call him Shodai. We'll call him like <laughs> Shodi or something. <laughs> something close we'll call enough. Him Lodi. Yeah, it's like yeah, like something close. We'd all get it, but not <laughs> the real thing. <laughs> but let me tell you about three more. You tell me if you would read these okay. sumo-related manga. Okay. This one's called Isekai Chanko. Oh, something about Chankonabe. Okay, let me read to you. Sumo wrestler Takarayama believes he'll be promoted to Yokozuna. Instead of receiving his promotion, he finds himself summoned to another world by magic, by these three sisters, and they don't know how to send him back. In the meantime, the magical trio are hungry, so Takarayama starts to make a pot of chankonabe. So it's like cooking manga, perhaps. But with magic and witches? Yes. Oh, that's fun. Would you read that? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you should look up Isekai Chanko. Isekai Chanko. Yep. Are any of these by Goto Tsurugi? No. None of them are, as far as I know. Here's another one. Would you read this one? This one's called Ricky Joe. Marum. Is this the Kakaru story? No. Nope. Ricky Soboro? No. I thought of the exact same thing. <laughs> the Ricky Soboro story. Okay. Would you read this sumo-related manga? Marumi was accepted into her high school through Japanese archery skills, but recently her growing breasts are getting in the way. Oh, no. <laughs> now. This is my story. She has been forced to quit and is on the brink of being kicked out of her high school due to her not-so-stellar grades and her big breasts, I guess. Her teacher recommends her to a club known as Ricky Joe, a female sumo wrestling club. Will she be able to keep up with this new club? All because she has big titties? All because she has big titties. <laughs> who, was, who was the person who's like, I got an idea. Hear me out, publisher. Right? This kid's got too big a titties. 
She don't know what to do with her big titties. I guess she, so we she's never up. heard of compression bras. No, no. <laughs> definitely does not need a push-up drop bra. But she's like, uh, yeah, I'll produce it. Yeah. Make her I join a it. sumo club and she'll do something with those yeah, titties. She'll be fine with those titties. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Joe. If this one sounds up your alley, look up Ricky Joe. I've got one more for you. I mean, there are many, many more, but these were just three that like popped out at me. I mean, it is a problem, you know. It can't, like, yes. If your if your boobs are too big, yes. I mean, I can see that that is structurally through but the do... narrative storytelling something to overcome. But my question was, <laughs> do they really get that much in the way in archery? Well, I don't know. Do they? That, and so big that they were like, we don't know what to do with these big titties other than put her in a dojo. <laughs> That's so the only way to... she can use is big titties. <laughs> we need to hear from female archers out there. One, let us know. Are your do boobs boobs really get in the way of doing archery? <laughs> and two, will a big-breasted woman be okay in sumo? I think she would be. I think she'd but be great there. I think there. she would be fine anywhere. But I don't anywhere. think it's a ne- like a necessary like place for somebody with big boobs to end up. <laughs> but it's I like, will say... Unless she really wants to do sumo. It's tough to be a ballet dancer with big boobs. Okay, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you're top-heavy. Yeah. So maybe... <laughs> that's the case. Okay, here's the last one. This one's called... The beautiful sumo grand champion. The night I was defeated by his secret technique. Oh, oh <laughs> That's wait. That's just the title. I know what the secret technique okay, is. Okay, here we go. Wait, should we be playing sexy music under this? Yes, we Okay, should. so sexy music, go. Nozomi is head over heels for top salesman Kotaro. Except she's never actually spoken to him. She spends her days fantasizing about things that won't ever happen until one evening, Kotaro asks her to accompany him. Is he after her body? With uncertainty and hopefulness warring inside her, Nozomi can't pass up this opportunity. She goes with Kotaro, only to find him standing before her practically naked. It turns out he's a sumo wrestler. And before she knows what's happening, Nozomi winds up having a practice bout with him. When she feels Kotaro's strong muscles and smooth skin pressed against her, she can't help but slip back into fantasy. Okay, I was wondering in the beginning, I was like, where is the sumo in this? Until we find out that he is the sumo wrestler, who's practically naked, which just means he's wearing a mawashi. Exactly. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, hey, there's got to be something for everybody. That's right. That was very sexy. Yeah. Yo, I mean, there are, there are mango for men, mango. <laughs> there's mango, manga for men and manga for women. So this one... And mangoes for breakfast. And mangoes for breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, like our kooky version of mango. It's like if we made manga, it would be called mango. Mango? It's like a little bit nutso, a little bit cuckoo, a little bit nuts. Yeah. And we call it mango. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I found these and 18 others listed on a manga fan website, all having something to do with sumo. So there's plenty out there for anyone who is interested in sumo manga. Yeah. And now I want to write 
a manga story. Oh my God, we should. And then have somebody do the artwork. Yes. And then it'll be Sumoka Booms. It'll be oh like our God. fan fiction. Yes. Yes. We need to make this happen. And it won't be Takakeisho. It'll be like Takakeishi. Takakeishi? <laughs> Asano Yamo. Lohai and Hakabo. Hakabo. <laughs> Hakalugi. <laughs> Adarugi, which is uh, allergies. Yeah. (laughs) We're, oh, I like where we're going with this. Maybe if we can source some good storylines from our audience, let us know what some good Sumo Kaboom fan fiction, Sumo fan fiction could be. And we will see if we can put together our own manga. Yes. Called Mongo. Mongo. (laughs) Mongo. Or mango, whatever. <laughs> close to manga, but oh my close, god, close to manga, but not manga. And forgot to mention this earlier, but we do have a survey coming out. Yes. So not only do we need your input on this manga, we need your input on a survey. Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna put it only if you're feeling frisky. Yeah, if you're feeling frisky, <laughs> go to. I think the link is gonna be something like tinyurl.com/sumokaboom. But it's a survey because. Let me tell you why. We're sitting here in a closet and we've been sitting in a closet for over a year talking about sumo and we don't know anything about you guys and what you love and what you want to hear more of. Yeah. So we really want to get to know you better. And so we're going to produce content that you'll love even more. Yes. Like this fabulous idea of our own manga. Lord help us. Whoever would read our manga. I think we can honestly do this. I really do. I really think we can. We have enough people. Yes. In our network that are artists that can translate for us, that can get the vibe right. And then we produce the hell out of this. We publish it, self-publish it. Yes. And we are millionaires. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, people. Help us out with manga ideas. Help us out by filling out this survey. And I think that's it. That's our style of sumo this week. That's right. Thanks for listening. And as always, like, share, and uh, give us some reviews if you want. We always love hearing from you and hearing what you guys have to say. And again, take that survey. We will love you for it. Oh, and I forgot to say. Oh, what? If you do take the survey, you'll be in a drawing, if you like, for a $50 Amazon gift certificate. Uh, $50? $50! Wow. That's right. We're going to give one lucky person a $50 gift certificate. So we'll be hearing from you, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Sayonara. See y'all.